0: Welcome to Behind the Scene Podcasts, located in Spokane. We're your Inland Northwest business podcast, and we are behind the scene, just as it sounds, based in Spokane, serving the Pacific Northwest. We're finding the businesses that we have seen, know, and love, and sharing their whole story about their brand. The businesses we all see and know have a unique story that has made them a success. Together, we're creating relationships with the business community that make this region one of the most vibrant and dynamic places to do business. So today on our very first episode, I'm super excited to have Pete Taylor with us.
1: Well, uh, it's a pleasure to be here and I'm honored that I'm your first ever guest on the show, which uh, it's
0: pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's super, I'm super stoked to have you here because we've had a long-term relationship mm-hmm. professionally and I feel like we've become friends over time. And 10 plus years. Yeah. It's been a while mm-hmm. and, uh, you flew in just for this. After, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, when
1: I got the opportunity, I was like checking flights and I was like, all right, let's do it.
0: <laughs> well, we all know you have family here. Yeah. We, that's cool.
1: Uh, get, get, some roots in Spokane. I love it here.
0: Yeah. It's cool. We're excited to hear your favorite places around town once we get to oh, that yeah. point. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be cool. Well, introduce yourself. There's people that are going to listen to this and yeah. have no idea who Pete Taylor is. And so let's do it. All I haven't right. even let into what you, what you do. So. All right. So, members. uh,
1: thanks for having me. You're welcome. My name is Pete Taylor and I, uh, I've been in Spokane, uh, for quite some time. I think I moved here from Massachusetts back in 2000, uh, actually to Coeur I was a chef. Worked all over the place, uh, some of the nicer restaurants in town. I ended up uh, finishing up my culinary degree at SEC. Wow. Yeah, and then um, going back like 10, 11 years ago, right? When we we met, I had this crazy idea to start a spice company. And so had a a pretty strong culinary background. Uh, I met enough people uh, in my life where they motivated me and inspired me to do something bigger and better. And so I started, um, reading all the right books, listening to all the right podcasts and, uh, one thing led to another and I, I figured out what I wanted to do. So I launched that spice company and it was Spiceology and going on, I think a little bit over 10 years now. And, um, yeah, it, it it was a wild ride and we're right here in Spokane. Um, and, um, now. Uh, I, have got a, a few projects going on I'll, and i I'm sure we'll talk about that. And yeah. I'm
0: excited to, you probably um, want
1: to dive into Spiceology <laughs> right away. Like,
0: let's do it. Well, kind of, cause I know, I know enough history to be dangerous, mm-hmm. but that I'm excited about what else you're working on. So I can't wait yeah. to uncover yeah. it all. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, so for those of you who don't know, Spiceology is a national brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I re- I think I've seen some LinkedIn posts that, uh, you, you had some debuts in New York
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure we're in. We're in all the states, and we're actually pretty much a global brand at this point. Sweet. I know we we spicy. Yeah, we do some (laughs) exporting to. I I believe like obviously Canada, UK, uh, Australia, Dubai. So it's we're sort of all over the place.
0: That's so cool. Yeah, we were. Um, we were just. I've been networking and like I usually do around Spokane and mm-hmm. with this podcast pending. Um, I just happened to notice that all the coffee shops I'm at, there's Spiceology on their back. Yep. It's yep. pretty cool. It's yeah, like, like the, the fact that you blend coffee with spices was mm-hmm. pretty cool. And um, cowboy, cowboy Crust. Cowboy Crust, yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite rubs. Espresso Chili
1: Rub. Oh, super tasty. So safe.
0: good. I think that has Roast House coffee in it. It does. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's cool. Yep. Yeah, so um, we were at Roast House tasting coffee because for our uh for kinetic we're going to make our own blend to give to our clients nice and uh i just happened to notice that roast house's logo was on there well it was in their coffee shop so oh right on yeah it's pretty cool um and then uh my wife and i are a massive fan of greek freak Mm -hmm. always in the cupboard
1: people freak out over freak
0: out over greek (laughs) freak we've especially when they run out that's when they really start freaking out yeah and the cool thing is is as you've as spiceology has grown, there's more accessibility to spiceology.
1: Yeah, now you can get it online on Amazon at yeah. Kitchen Engine at grocery stores. Uh, you can pretty much get it anywhere. It's cool, black market. But yeah, it's a. It's. It, I feel very blessed. Uh, the team's done an incredible job growing the brand. To um, I mean, I like we've literally been the fastest growing spice company in the country for the last four years in a row, <laughs> which is pretty impressive. It It, is impressive, but it's the, you know, Spokane has some great, great talent here. And, uh, it takes a tribe of people to, to get that kind of recognition.
0: Totally. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time behind a camera in the back house, back of house at a lot of restaurants in Spokane. Mm -hmm. Every single place has spiceology. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you go to places where you like it, like, uh, um, noodle shops or whatever, where you kind of sit around. And uh, where they actually cook, and you mm-hmm. can see it happening. Yep. There's spiceology on the rack.
1: No, it's it's our it's mainstream. We're we're chef owned and operated. Uh, We put together like a pretty compelling offer for a chef. Like we grind fresh, pack fresh, ship fresh. Uh, we have quite a selection. We've been in their clogs. Like I was in kitchens yeah. for 15 years, so we just wanted to. We set out to be the best spice company out there, hands down. It doesn't matter if you're a foodie. If you are a professional chef or whatever, like we home cook, Yeah, you know, home cook. Like Absolutely. We, we just, uh, our tagline is to help you experiment with flavor and get creative in the kitchen.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It's cool. And my, my wife is an exceptional home cook. Um, I'd argue oh. she's our chef, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, she, she's very keen on spice and, um, it's, it's fun because when she gets into anything with spiceology you can just mm-hmm. tell it's quality. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of fun. It's, it's makes pretty cool. Definitely. Uh, what what in the world inspired you to start spiceology?
1: Yeah, and I'll I'll sort of geek out on the the whole like entrepreneurial like why. Yes, please. Obviously was in the kitchen, chef. Uh I was pretty experienced with flavor and spices as is comes inherently with that um, line of work. And I had opened up a restaurant for a gentleman and, uh, he was pretty successful. He took me under his wing and just, like I said, I started reading all the right books. I started listening to Gary Vaynerchuk and nice. just figuring out like, okay, I, I can do something. I can, I, I can, uh, do something big. And I remember like trying to figure out what it was and I knew it had to be something that was either like a consumable that had that recurring revenue. Um, sort of baked into the model or it was almost like a razor blade um like Gillette model where you buy the mm. stick and you get that so came up with this idea um back in 2011 2010 2011 and it was very similar to what blue apron was before blue apron was blue apron uh, okay yeah smart and uh you would put together just as, uh, the right amount of spices you would need to make a dish that you normally wouldn't make like a paella and it would have a little bit of Spanish smoked paprika, some saffron, some Turkish bay leaves and all the other things. And then we put this cooking video together and, uh, we had a little app where you would scan the QR code and it would open up your shopping list. And so that's what, um, that was the the business back then. And I pitched it at a startup weekend. And I think that's actually the first time I ever met you. Yeah. It was 2012, the very first one in Spokane. Yep, And, uh, it was a totally different brand. I pitched it, uh, yeah. came in first place. I, w- I was like, what the heck's going I on? I know, it was cool. And um, it sort of validated the idea and I um, put a lot of confidence in myself and I ended up resigning from my, stepping away from my chef job to work on it full time and um, quickly realized I needed help I am not a, uh, like a creative maestro. I can't hop on Photoshop. I can't take pictures. I can't use illustrator and make packaging design or websites. And I needed all this help. And I had absolutely zero, uh, capital to, um, to do that. And so what I did was I I figured out I needed a partner. I, uh, tried to figure out who who is that perfect partner that would possess possess all of those skills, like (laughs) graphic design, web design, packaging design, photography. I was like, you know what? A food blogger. Yep. They probably, there's probably a few of them that could help me out with this. And so I did a Google search and stumbled across a uh, talented woman in Cheney, Washington that ran the blog Farm Girl Gourmet. It's the best. And her name's Heather Scholten. And uh, I reached out to her and it was probably about three months before she actually jumped on the the spice rocket ship, (laughs) but she, uh, she put a lot of faith and trust in me. Um, you know, we didn't really, we didn't pay ourselves for the first couple of years. So she literally came on as a partner, uh, co-founder without like getting paid a dollar for over a year, um, without even having a contract. So I, I just, I feel, um, blessed that she was able to, um, that she did that, but she, um, she jumped in and there was no turning back. So Heather and I, we started it, uh, I think officially between 2012, 2013, we, um, we moved probably five times in the first couple of years, just because we were scaling so fast, we started, uh, well, first and foremost, we pivoted from that original idea where it was like the blue apron, Mm -hmm. um, and doing the, the, the subscription service, we pivoted to just selling rubs. Because we figured out like, hey, we can make these rubs and we can sell them right away at farmer's markets or Custer's or the gun show or wherever. And so we started making rubs. We would literally go down to Winco and buy (laughs) little tiny mason jars and we'd buy those sheets of Avery labels. This is how, I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, that's right. This is how ghetto it really was. (laughs) But we, we would be it was like a scene from breaking bad like i'd have the big (laughs) gloves on and we'd be mixing smoky honey habanero with uh gas masks on and um wake up two three o'clock in the morning make a batch fill all the jars head out to uh, the farmers market quarterly farmers market perry market um, liberty lake market and we would just sell out and it was it was it was really awesome, but it sort of sucked because the people that were around us, like they just watch me selling rubs and making thousands of dollars a a (laughs) thing. And (laughs) I got the evil eye quite a few times, but it it just sort of validated what we were doing even more. Absolutely. And so Heather and I, you know, we, we brought on our first employee and we realized that we needed to rebrand because we were very like uh, our product was super premium and we had great formulas but our packaging was really like it was mason jars yeah so we needed to elevate that and um heather did a great job with the brie brand and our jars just look super sexy you yeah. know our our tagline for a while was granulated sexiness <laughs> <laughs> and we were like you know what we got something like stores are starting to reach out and so we um we, we also were big believers in innovation. Uh, if you fast, uh, if you rewind the hands of time, go back like 10 years ago, um, potato chips, they went from like five flavors to like 40 flavors overnight. It Mm -hmm. was always like the sour cream and onion, the ranch, the barbecue and salt and vinegar. And that was pretty much it. But then there was Mm -hmm. like biscuits and gravy, potato chips, and street taco potato chips. So there was flavor and innovation going on in all these different categories, but spices were pretty stagnant. There was, it was always like Montreal lemon pepper taco seasoning Mm -hmm. and nothing really else. So we started to do really rad flavors that have never been seen or tasted before. Like, a black and blue, which is blue cheese and dehydrated, uh, dehydrated blue cheese and Cajun spices. So good on burgers, by the way, Uh, it's, it's good (laughs) on everything in raspberry (laughs) chipotle with real raspberry powder. And so anyway, going back, we had all these, um, great innovative flavors, sexy packaging. And we're like, you know what, let's, let's take a risk. Let's go do a big trade, trade show. And so we went and we had to beg and borrow to get some money to to go down to San Francisco and do our first trade show, but that unlocked the door to get into Williams Sonoma mm-hmm. and a bunch of other retailers. And from that point moving forward, that was sort of the tipping point of the business. We w- we got on the map and um, I mean, the business has evolved 10 times since then, but like that really established us in the marketplace.
0: Yeah. I remember when you were in the old- uh, Broadview, Dairy Broadview Dairy Building. Broadview Dairy Building. Yeah. And I showed up on scene for, I don't remember. I remember you writing on the whiteboard. You were, yeah,
1: yeah. You were just starting kinetic, I think. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: We started, we started literally when you started. Mm-hmm. Cause when I started kinetic, it was the first startup weekend. It mm-hmm. was my first um, solo gig where I didn't um, have a client. It was my decision to do what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was helping out. The good cause. But, yeah, of course. Um, that, and then after we connected, it was like, got to know this guy. Mm-hmm. I really need to figure this out. Cause I, I like the, um, so when I started the business, I was very, very naive. I knew how to run social media. I knew how to connect with people and I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. So it was natural for me to be in that space. Back then content was black text. Yeah. We didn't even have photos yet.
1: Instagram was just starting to be a thing. And yeah. Like, we didn't really know what it,
0: Yeah what and
1: the power of it was going to be.
0: Instagram was a thing that you could only do through Instagram. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a long time before you could actually use your phone or import photos yeah. from a camera onto Instagram. And so that's how basic things were back then, but it was huh. so powerful. Yeah. And it got me to into places where I knew new, new people were doing things, but blogging was already going on. Mm-hmm. And so when you picked up Heather, um, I I'd seen her work before because she was, she was very influential and I Mm -hmm. saw her on Twitter a lot. Mm -hmm. And matter of fact, I think we were communicating on Twitter before she connected with you. Mm -hmm. So to bring this back, that's crazy. Small world. Um, When I was in the Broadview dairy spot, Um, I remember walking in there and it was just blown away by this amazing smell of Mm -hmm. blended spice. And Mm -hmm. we're not just talking one jar of spice. It's like all the spices. Yeah. I think they were huge tubs. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, these guys are going crazy. It was moments or weeks later and I was at a farmer's market for a client and here's Spiceology. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dang, this is going to be huge. Mm -hmm. And then once content started opening up outside of blogging, that's where I got really it Yeah, we caught that wave
1: at the right time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: And I hadn't even thought about getting a camera and doing extra for social. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I remember the minute that photos came out, Spiceology on Facebook, like Facebook, you could post photos finally. Mm-hmm. And here's Spiceology putting out these, not only what you were doing, but what it looks like after you cook something. With yeah. It. Yep. Everyone we was getting hungry.
1: Yeah. No, it, it, it was the like I said, we we caught the weight we got yeah. at the right time, and um, it really, really helped. Timing is everything. Timing is
0: everything. Yeah. Also, I would say precision. Mm-hmm. It, it, not perfection, but precision, because I remember being in there, and I'm thinking Spice Company, mm-hmm. and we're just used to seeing little jars on the shelf, right? Mm-hmm. And you had that place so organized, it almost scared me. It's the, it's she- the chef in me. Yeah.
1: that uh, chef <laughs> DNA. I have a OCD, and everything has to be... Perfect. That, that was, uh, one of the, like our food service line, we, we came up with the periodic table of flavor. Yeah. So everybody's familiar with the periodic table of elements. Um, but the periodic table of flavor, it, it, it categorizes everything in a color coordinate. So all the chilies are red, all the herbs are green, all the salts are blue, all the spices are yellow, all the modernist ingredients are black. And so you, if you can imagine if you're a chef and you're, you're running to the pantry to try to find the time. And uh, b- before Spiceology, like all the packaging sort of looked the exact same. It was mm-hmm. white with little black font. And you're trying to find the time out of like 80 different ingredients you have on your shelf. But with the period- periodic table of flavor, like, oh, green <laughs> tea. Got it. Oh, so, yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So we, um, we're very methodical on what we do. And um, we always try to put ourselves in the then user's shoes and just build a product that they're going to blown away by
0: yeah totally it, this goes to my whole point of doing this podcast it's it's there's a story behind what you see on the shelf
1: oh yeah there's 10 years yeah. of stories hundreds of stories that's so cool yeah
0: very cool so um I, I'm curious where did you actually start making your first
1: product was it at your house <laughs> uh at one point in time I was pretty much homeless uh not living <laughs> on the streets but living I didn't live in a home I lived in a garage uh and we uh we basically would lay tarps down uh we had a little spot above the garage it it wasn't it wasn't like actually in the garage it was just a little space above the garage we would lay tarps down and um so it wasn't it was a cottage business you know (laughs) started it in a garage um and then the first spot was uh technically up in priest lake idaho i um had a little i don't even know how many square foot it was but it was the general manager of the restaurant i worked at helped me out with a a lease and then i moved the business down to spokane and it was spokane public market when it was a thing oh yeah we we literally had like maybe a hundred square foot room uh and then we had a little stall like shop area yeah uh, outgrew that, got into the Broadview Dairy building, um, in the catacombs of the building. Uh, you've, you've been in, there. Oh, yeah. it was like a dungeon.
0: Uh, just side note, this is where Bark Rescue Pub is.
1: Currently. Yep. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Um, that was, that was definitely an interesting place. And we outgrew that fairly quickly <laughs> and we moved to, uh, the building on Cowley, um, which isn't the best neighborhood, but it, it worked. It was a much bigger space, probably about five, six times the size of the Broadview Dairy. And then after Cali, we moved to Sprague and that, Mm -hmm. that was probably about 10 times bigger than Cali. And after that we moved to, uh, we did a, a a big build out on, in Playfair Commerce Park. So we have, now you walk into it, it, you have to like pinch yourself. It's, we got full automation machines and it's, it's huge. I I don't know. I don't want to throw out the number of the square footage, but it's, you you have to pinch yourself like holy crap i started in a a little room above a garage and now look at where the business has gone
0: that's awesome yeah it would be uh, i don't even know if it's possible we can talk about it later but it would be great to get in there with a couple cameras and yeah, document it a little definitely. bit put yeah. it up put it up on the blog i know
1: some people we could probably make that happen <laughs>
0: <laughs> it'd be fun yeah that'd be super fun yeah um cool well so tell me I think we kind of covered moving around, but yeah, talk about the milestones. Like where were some aha moments, some, some things that happened in Spiceology that's like, okay, it wouldn't have happened if this didn't. For sure. I mean, I'll,
1: I'll just narrow it down to yeah. probably the, like the top three or four. Perfect. Um, obviously getting the response we did from William Sonoma and getting into William Sonoma, um, nationally with a few different products. And we actually helped them out with some of their products too, like their actual branded products. That was a, a pinch me moment because, you know, they're, they're sort of the, the most premier <laughs> foodie, you know, boutique store there is. So same thing with Sir Latab, Sir Tab, they're uh, a competitor of Williams Sonoma, but very beautiful stores, great products in it, very premium. We got into all the Sur La Um, I think doing, it wasn't necessarily like, uh, a national acknowledgement or an accreditation or award or anything, but like being walking around New York and having like in preparation to do a trade show and having like your spiceology shirt on and like going into a little coffee shop and getting some coffee. And then the guy right next to you is like spiceology. That's awesome. Did you like, did you get like, did you buy that shirt off their website? And I'm like, Oh no, you know, I work there. And they are like, oh, I love it. You know, this person has no, no idea, idea who I am. And you're across the country in a city of tens of millions. <laughs> and this, and then somebody else says something. So just getting that brand awareness, no matter where you go, is, is pretty rad. And then piggybacking off of that, like seeing it on TV. Like we're sort of all over the place. You go on Netflix and there's all these different shows that we're on. Uh, like The Hell's Kitchen. Uh, there's a new top. Top Chef type show that we're on, and is so it, just seeing the product everywhere has just been pretty humbling.
0: Yeah, is is the one you're thinking of? Is it a Gordon Ramsay with levels? Yeah, next level chef. Next level chef.
1: Yeah, and so it, there's probably about like a dozen shows we've we've been on, and they all the like those com, uh, the media companies love us, and just it, it's great, very honored. Um, another pinch me moment is walking through the facility just what i told yeah. you going from a, a basically above a garage into a world-class facility on a tarp <laughs> yeah on a tarp <laughs> i love it there's like a scene of breaking bad where we're just like mixing it with gas masks on <laughs> the habanero man you can't get Ooh,
0: that you burn your it, membranes yes it will um so yeah i those that's cool those were pretty awesome that's awesome so how did Farm Girl Gourmet come into the picture? Did you have to hunt her down, or is it just a simple conversation and she was on board? Or no, it was a lot of like courting her, like a couple of dinners at Durkin's,
1: if I remember correctly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she came in pretty light at first, and then like once she rolled up her sleeves and she saw the opportunity, she um she's put she put farm girl gourmet on the back burner and which was that was, that was a big move for her because she was, a, a. that's when blogging was really a big thing and she was doing very well. Yeah. So she put that on the back burner she was making great, uh, income as a blogger and she turned that off and then she came on board and basically Heather wasn't getting paid. So it was like, she jumped off the cliff, uh, yeah. took that leap of faith.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Um, so for anyone listening, I don't, I don't even, I don't think Farm Girl Gourmet is on the internet anymore, is it? No, she's. I think still she there? still has it. Yeah. Okay.
1: She probably. I think she still makes money off of like ad revenue and good.
0: Stuff. <laughs> well, so Heather Scholten, um, you did an awesome job on your blog. As far as I'm concerned, back in the day, you were a shining star for what? No doubt. Blogging in general was not necessarily just food. Mm-hmm. It was cool. You're top top notch. Way to go. Thanks, so, Heather. You, I appreciate yeah. you. <laughs> actually i didn't even it didn't even dawn on me she probably had her here too she she moved
1: she's recently moved too so she's oh, okay. she's gotcha. in, in the area she's still in washington though
0: cool cool deal all right well farm girl gourmet um we'll have to we'll have to add a link on social or something yeah. or at least a screenshot or something because here it, follow
1: follow this link right here <laughs> you see it
0: well it's so just to, i don't know why i'm digging in on this but um Way back in the day mm-hmm. there was forums, and that's how people communicated internationally mm-hmm. to be honest with each other without knowing each other mm-hmm. and then the passion or what we would think of TikTok now is like a um, an interest-based search
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's what blogging was in the, in the old school fashion mm-hmm. and so it was interesting to me that food bloggers, fashion bloggers um, and, and it was a female oriented audience. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for blogging, Pinterest would have never happened. No doubt. So anyway, it was, it's really cool that she was able to navigate that space in little old Cheney, Washington <laughs> Yeah. and then spices worldwide from little old Spokane. She, Washington. she,
1: she became a spice girl. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So can you give any insight to the time and effort it took to get Spiceology become a household name?
1: Oh, it was an overnight success that took 10 years. Um, <laughs> no like honestly the i think the big inflection point was getting william sonoma and that was within the first like maybe 16 to 18 months of starting a business so which when you really think about it that's we got really lucky or we had something um we had great products i guess guess a combination of both um but yeah i mean there is three big hurdles like the first one is going from farmer's market to like uh a normal brand mm-hmm. and then going from a normal brand to like world-class brand. Yeah. Um, and then going from a national brand to a global brand.
0: So, yeah. So blood, sweat and tears is a lot what I'm of
1: hearing. blood, a lot of blood, sweat and tears, a <laughs> lot of trial and error, mm-hmm. um, throwing stuff against the wall, figuring out what sticks and what doesn't, um, you know, big fan of the lean startup methodology. And, uh, we really did that where you produce some uh, MVP minimal viable product, yeah. uh, get it out into the marketplace and see how consumers respond to it. And we did that. And, uh, we tested new channels, like getting into food service and listened and got feedback and pivoted on that. And, uh, it's, it, 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 it's a lot of energy that went into, Yeah. I mean, it's still to this day, like we're, we've got a great world-class team, um,
0: so that, that brings me to a, yet another reason why I'm so stoked on this podcast, this mm-hmm. whole idea of exposing brands. Like when, when, when a consumer goes and sees something on the shelf, they're mm-hmm. looking for a good product, mm-hmm. but buying local mm-hmm. and supporting local, you're supporting a, a person with passion. Yeah. That's actually trying to make a difference in the community. For sure. Bottom line. Yep. That's that's why it makes it worth it.
1: Well, yeah. And I mean, it, it, we employ quite a few people in this area. Yeah. Um so it's not just like supporting <laughs> the the founders and the executive team but you're also supporting like everybody everybody in the organization. Yeah.
0: That's super cool. Um so as a, as as a agency owner, um I mean, photo and video, high quality photos, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. We 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 know that, mm-hmm. but um and and your work on spiceology Like the content that started coming out in 2013 Mm -hmm. we'll just use that as the benchmark Mm -hmm. i started seeing that there was an opportunity to actually elevate what i was providing as a service to my client Mm -hmm. and you were what blew me away is i thought that the barrier of entry to good photography is that you had to go to school and become a photographer right Mm -hmm. and here's a chef and a blogger Mm -hmm pulling off some of these amazing photos and it, like I said, it would make you think you were hungry. Yeah. Like that, that's, that was super inspiring you salivating. Tra- yeah. And it, and that transferred to video mm-hmm. anyway, I owe you a thank you for inspiring me to go out and crush it that direction. Yeah. And it, and it, uh, I, I can't really say it was a hundred percent a motivation to get in the food industry, mm-hmm. but it didn't hurt. I mean, no, it's, it's such an easy thing to yeah
1: sell. Like, yeah, I, I mean, it, especially if you, know what you're doing and it's, uh, and you've done a great job with that.
0: Thank you. I, I really, um, love good visual. We call it media motion Mm -hmm. and it's, it's telling, doing it in as little a time as possible with one snap or 24 frames a second. Yep. So, um, so on from your point of view, what's the importance of content for your website, social, et cetera, et cetera, like what, what would you put that as a value in the company or your, your position, right? you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we all know and we've all
1: heard that content is king. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's king and then some. Um,
0: so you gotta be the king of content.
1: Yes. And I, I think in today's day and age, there are very few categories of business that are able to survive, never mind thrive without leveraging content, yeah. um, creating great content and leveraging it and using it on your website and using it on social media and using, on using it on paid ads. I mean, it, I, I would love for people to comment on, on this and yeah, tell me same. an industry that doesn't need that. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and there might be, you know, like a, a a medical field or like a service provider. There might be some, but like those, those same. Professionals, like in a medical or service provider that actually leverage it, they don't need to, but they do. Those are the ones that next level are next level. Yeah. Yeah. So it's everything. Yeah. You cannot operate successfully operate a company in this day and age without creating content and leveraging it.
0: I'm a sentimental nerd and I, I believe that it's in everyone's human nature that like the DNA of a human being has some sort of sentiment built into them. Mm-hmm. And so like we're talking about your backstory mm-hmm. and you can go on Spiceology social and see some of the first photos. Yeah. It's, I yeah. encourage anyone listening to this yeah. to go do it because the progression, you can see the story evolve.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other great thing about content is like, it's your storytelling. Yeah. You know, Before it was all newspapers and then just print. And every once in a while there'd be photos. But now we live in this day and age where nobody really wants to read or very few (laughs) people like to, like to read. And you're starting to see that people aren't even like wanting to like watch videos unless it's like fast. 15 15 seconds, 15 seconds. Five. And so there's been, I don't know where I was going with this, but like it, it, you have to be able to tell your story. You have to be able to show the quality of your product or your service. And you have to be able to do this in like real time. Yeah. Um, otherwise it's, you're not gonna. Exactly. Go anywhere with it.
0: We could We could unleash a whole hour of conversation over this. For sure. And I think at some point that should happen. Yes.
1: I'll, (laughs) I'll come back on for sure.
0: (laughs) That'd be cool. Um, how would you encourage someone listening to this episode to get started with marketing their idea and their brand? Yeah. Now?
1: Taking their, their idea and making it happen. Yeah. well, I, I think the first thing you do is you start talking like, obviously you've been thinking about it for a while and you're, you're starting to obsess on it and you're putting pen to paper and putting together a business plan or what have you or prototypes but you need to start talking about it pull in your friends pull in your family pull in your coll- colleagues share your idea with them the more you start talking about it the more your idea is going to um evolve yeah. and hopefully um evolve in a good way the one thing the one caveat is like when you're pulling in your family like your family is going to love no matter love yeah. whatever your idea is no matter what it is right. so you always have to like try to get them to like give you the the real unbiased opinion on it um so once you do that and you start obsessing about it and you start saying I'm gonna do this and here's where we're gonna where we're gonna be in a year from now and here's where we're gonna be in five years from now, it really starts to
0: like happen. The goals come alive. Yeah, the
1: goals come alive. And so the next step on this is uh, get involved in your startup uh, community. There's probably a like in Spokane, for example, there's a great startup entrepreneurial ecosystem. Um, there's lots of resources. There's lots of entrepreneurs that they're trying to do the same thing that you're trying to do. Yeah. And that's why, uh, I ended up going to that startup weekend. That was that like moment where I went from friends, family, colleagues talking about what I wanted to do to like, all right, let me, let me get involved with other like-minded people and see what they think about this. And so yeah, tap into that early. Um, Start going to networking events, pitch nights, competitions, um, and I think the, the 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 last point on that is to just do it. Like, yeah. don't worry about like having such a perfected product or service. Like, you just have to start somewhere. That goes back to that lean startup methodology. You know, you have to you have to prove your concept, yeah. see if it's even viable. Um,
0: Perfection kills progress. Yes,
1: one hundred percent. And so you just do it, yeah. you know, don't be afraid.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I think one thing that, what would you, what would, what are your thoughts on, um, like you say it to friends and family and the people that say, that's a bad idea. How do you, how do you go forward still? Like
1: you, you listen to them and ask them why they think it is and just keep that data point in your in back, of your head and, um, ask more people and if it, If every single person is saying,
0: don't do this. You might think twice. You might think twice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If the goods outweighing the bad, you're good to go. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) There you go. Oh man. That's pretty good. Um, what is something that everyone should know about spiceology? Like maybe a frequently asked question. I don't know how, how that could go, but I mean, to me, I totally get it. I understand it. I love the story. I know you, Mm. but people, the consumer, the typical consumer that just buys the jar off the shelf.
1: Yeah. I, I think if this is my opportunity to tell Spokane something they may not know, um, I think I would like to tell everybody how proud I am of the team. Like a lot of people just associate me and Heather oh, as yeah. who, who Spiceology is. But over the last 10 years, you know, we, We've just done a really good job with attracting talent mm-hmm. that, um, has just blown us away and we Spiceology wouldn't be where it is now with, with everybody that's been involved. And, um, I just want Spokane to know how much I appreciate that. And I, it's also the fans too. We have some diehard supporters like oh, for you sure. and your wife, like that once they try Spiceology, like they're, they're fans for life. And so feel very humbled. Um, very blessed to have an amazing team and such a loyal fan
0: base. Um, awesome. Yeah. And speaking of loyal fan base, let's talk about these chefs that are getting picked up by Spiceology. You got some big names that are starting to really yeah. influence. I think my favorite one to watch is over the fire cooking.
1: Yeah. Derek Wolf. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. His stuff. It, it, actually he's inspired me to cook brisket. Yep. Um, we got a Traeger. I've had a Traeger for 10 years and mm-hmm. I think we've cooked burgers and salmon and Last year, I just stepped it up and let's go.
1: No doubt. We we're, we're working with some world-class talent, like Derek, uh, if, if you're not familiar with Derek Wolf, he, he has the Instagram page, YouTube page, TikTok page, uh, over the fire cooking. Um, he's like the king of backyard barbecue, mm-hmm. uh, phenomenal chef, phenomenal, phenomenal pit master. And we've actually been doing quite a few different product collaborations with them over the last four years. We've got a line of um, like, a, just we have like five or six lines with him, but uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. What we do is we go out and we find these rad chefs and rad pitmasters that, uh, you know, they've done a great job building up their personal brand. Um, and they're, they're at the, they've just done a great job. And we work with them on product collaborations. So like Derek Wolf, Matt Broussard, um, Christy Vanover from Girls Can Grill. Um, Adam McKenzie, uh, the Stu King Q, uh, Alvin Kalen. Oh he, yeah. He's, he's a pretty big deal. Um, and then we've done some really fun collaborations with like New Belgium. Um, we've, we've partnered with the national kidney foundation and launched a line of, um, salt-free seasonings. Wow. Bob Marley's estate. Like we've done some um really cool um seasonings with the Marley estate. And uh yeah, it's been a lot that's of fun. That's cool. Yeah.
0: That's cool. Talk about killer content. How about getting it from other people? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, an, that's they they're they're motivated to have good content too. Yeah,
1: it's a win-win, man. Yeah. Like we, you know, they're they're we're building content with them in collaboration with them, then they're doing their own thing and syndicating it out to their followers. So mm-hmm. And that's really what it all boils down to. Like Derek will create content with the products that we've created in collaboration with them and promote it to his millions of followers. And it just, it works.
0: Yeah. it's cool. Yeah. It's very cool. So, um, we talked a little bit about reading. You have any books that have attributed to your success? Oh man.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I am not, uh, I'm not a Stanford grad. Um, (laughs) I, I got my education through Great books like uh, I'll just rattle off a few. So the first one I read was Gary Vaynerchuk. And he he, I I owe everything to that guy. But Crush It was sort of that first book. And then I um, Jab 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 Right Hook is another great book. All of Gary's books are great, but if you don't follow or listen or read, uh, you need you need to start consuming his content because he'll really push you over the ledge to just do it.
0: Um, Agreed hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Lean Startup by Eric Reese. Uh, I think it's Reese or Rice, but that's a a phenomenal book. And it it sort of goes over all the principles I was talking about earlier, where you just, you start somewhere, you um, throw it out there and um, you pivot or persevere. And so it's just about building that uh, MVP, that minimal viable product. Uh, Jim Collins, good, great, um, starts with why, um, Oh yeah. starts fan. with why is awesome. Yeah. It's a great book. Uh, I'm a big fan of Tim Ferriss. I think the only thing pl- applicable to this is like just as a four hour work week and just trying to figure out how to hack time and be more efficient. Um, Ryan holiday, he has a great book, uh, growth hacker marketing. Um and then I think the one I want to give the most praise to outside of Gary Vaynerchuk is actually Seth Godin i'm a I'm a big marketing nerd, a brand nerd. and Seth Godin is like this guru of modern day marketing and he's got a few books that i I love all of his books, but the ones I would recommend are like Purple Cow and Poke the Box. Um, those are great, great books. Um, but outside of books, like I've sort of shifted to i I hate reading and, uh, Same. <laughs> I, I, it's even hard for me to listen to like mm-hmm. audible and stuff like that, unless it's in the, it's from Gary Vaynerchuk and he's talking. Yeah. So I, I've really shifted, um, how I consume content now to like watching YouTubes and watching podcasts. The thing, um, I've, I've been really, um, enjoying a lot. There's these two guys, Sam Parr and Sam Puri. Puri. Um, they run this podcast called my, my first million. Oh and, wow. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's just two guys that have had some success. They, they, they built and sold their co- first companies. And all they do is bring on like rad talent and uh, other entrepreneurs. They've, they've interviewed like billionaires, uh, pretty much everybody uh, It's just very enjoyable and you learn a lot from it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. We need to get you on their podcast. Bam.
1: I, yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> I'd be honored. And then Alex hermosi I think is another guy that you should start looking into Hermozzi Hermosy. you'll, if you Google it.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I can't stand reading it. I, I fall asleep when I try and read it's my it's, ADHD. Like, yeah, I, same.
1: Like if I could read and do something else at the same time, I'd probably be good. Oh but, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, you get read with your left eye, <laughs> and do it with your right eye. Seriously. I, I, but I've, I have to say that every book I've forced myself to read or listen to has bettered my career. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. You, Knowledge is power and um, it's an investment in you. Yeah.
1: And then you'll get, you'll, you'll get like addicted to people like Gary Vee and you'll consume all that, all that content. And then at a certain point in time, you'll realize it's just, he's, he's repeating the same message. (laughs) And then you just sort of move on from that. Like, I still love and appreciate that guy. I have a ton of respect for him, but like, I really don't need to consume his content anymore because I've, I've learned so much from him. Mm -hmm. Um, he actually says that.
0: Yeah, he does. All the time. Yeah. All the time. He's like, you're listening to this right now, but when you're not, you've hit it. You you know what you're doing. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) And I probably haven't listened to any of his content in at least a couple of years. Wow. I I get served with it. Yeah, sure. But yeah.
0: Yeah. I like, he's been, um, getting into the authors. Like when there's a book drop coming out Mm -hmm. and it's a friend of his, Mm -hmm. he'll interview the author. That's super cool. Yeah. There's a lot of knowledge that comes just from that. Yep. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. Um, okay. So what are you working on now, Pete? I got, this is what I'm excited about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, I've, I've been busy. I, um. I started a new company and I, I thought like, what could I do? That's like absolutely crazy. Like <laughs> how about a spice I, company? <laughs> I, 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 I like doing hard things. So I, I, I had this idea and I, I, um, I thought like, well, you know, I learned a lot from spiceology. I learned what to do, what not to do, and um, we made, you know, we've made, we've we've had a lot of lessons learned. And the most important thing is you learn from those lessons. And so I thought, like, let me let me leverage all that that great insight, great great learning. And let's get a few more people into this equation. Um, let's get other people that have built brands, other people that have experiences that I don't have, and let's let's start this company where we basically build a business that builds brands all while standardizing that entire process. So, you know, it's, it's a repeatable formula. Right. And so we came up with the brand name Midas, like, you know, King Midas, uh-huh. King Touch, School, cool. Midas touch. the Midas Touch, <laughs> and we, we started Midas Brands and it's a venture studio and we build phenomenal brands with depth and meaning, uh, we create dis- disruptive, innovative products. And then we go out and we find either a, a celebrity or a top tier content creator to be the founder of the brand. And that's sort of our model. And so over the last year, we've been in stealth mode. We've built um, four brands, um, super excited about them. One of them's in um, the health and wellness space. Just think like supplements, nutraceuticals. Um, it's, it, actually, there's quite a bit of health tech in it too. Uh, we've built a oat company, so think like overnight oats, granola, um, uh, oat bars, uh, and then there's also, geez, I'm going blank. We've got a few other product lines in queue. We've built a barbecue br- uh, brand, and then we built a provisional brand similar to like a Patagonia Provisions, okay. but centric to the Northwest actually. Oh yeah, it's called Pata- uh, PW Provisions. Um, we just launched our first brand uh, after working on it for about a year, it's called Oath Oats. So go to Oath Oats.com and check it out. Can't wait. And you'll sort of see like what we've been up to and we're going to be deploying our other brands here very shortly.
0: Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember around Christmas time, you were kind of showing me over your shoulder. Yeah. Here's some of the stuff. Whoa. Yeah. Dude, this isn't hard work. This is genius work. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And, uh, so uh, there's another, uh, quite a few people in the Spokane area that um, are part of Midas. So my partner Scott uh, Rozick, he uh, he's he's sort of he wears the tech hat. He's a very nice. talented dude. He's been involved in a lot of um, tech companies. And then actually Heather Heather Schulton nice. from Spiceology. She she came on as an investor and uh, wanted to wanted to be a part of it. So she's been helping out love it. And then, you know, we've got a ton of other people involved. Yeah.
0: I think I saw on the website, Jesse PurePoints, your creative director.
1: Yeah. Jesse, Jesse helped, um, birth all of the brands. He's, he's been, uh, very instrumental.
0: That's, that's awesome. Yep. Yeah. His, his artwork around here is, yeah, just
1: mad respect for Jesse. (laughs) Thank you, Jesse. When you listen to this,
0: um, cool. So tell me, can you tell business owners in our community, um, maybe not tell them, but inspire them, mm-hmm. is there anything you, you'd inspire people to just keep on going? Um, yeah, just ba- back, from your success.
1: Yeah. Nothing is impossible. Uh, take it from the guy that is not college educated. I did go to culinary school, but you know, I'd read a few, bi- few books, um, wasn't afraid to try something and it, it led into a success. Um, I, prior to starting Spiceology, I had a couple other business ideas and inventions and they did not work out. Um, and Spiceology was the the first big thing. So, you know, just try, try, try. There's tons of evidence of that, like with Edison and all these other people that have tried a, a million times and just takes that one, one time.
0: Yeah. And that's even just think of the laundromat, right? Like you want to, you're inspired to start a laundry service. Yeah. Go do it. Yeah. There's no reason because every, even if you're not disrupting a market, Mm -hmm. you're, you're doing it your way. It's your DNA.
1: Yeah. People have different levels of what they consider success too. Like,
0: that's true. Yeah.
1: You know, if you just have something that's geographically specific to a certain area and you, you can't really scale it to a nine figure business, hallelujah. Like right. if that's what you, you want to do. And that's what makes you happy. That that's success right there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's all about just doing it. Don't be afraid. Just give it a shot because at the end of the day, if you don't and you go, you're 70, 80 years old and you're like, oh, I wish I would have started yeah. that.
0: Regret. Man, that's what that's I, the worst. Yeah.
1: That's my biggest fear is re- regret. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's good fear. <laughs> it is. Like it keeps you on your toes. It's almost like having, uh, being borderline paranoid. You know what I mean? Like yep. it, you want it to be so good for so long mm-hmm. and there's no way to let it fail. If you're thinking that way all the time. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, fear of regret runs my life. Like that's, that's what motivates me. Well,
0: it's good. There's different things that motivate everybody. Yeah. But I, I think it's not money. It's fear of regret. Interesting. Yeah. yeah well, money comes with whatever drives you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It is, and, and to me, being successful is happy mm-hmm. is being happy yeah the stress of the business has now become a different stress of managing you know yeah operations become the focus and turning things into my own artwork
1: yep but, totally it 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 is a different breed of individual though like it's it's a it's not easy
0: no <laughs> it's not
1: <laughs> it's not easy it's a roller coaster ride and you have to be you have to have thick skin and you need to um just know going into it that you're, uh, it's not an overnight success and you're going to cry. You're going to laugh. You're going to scream. You're going to punch windows and you're going to like, you know, cry from happiness. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I think the, the number one answer I've ever given anyone that says, why is that taking so longer what I, I thought you'd be done with that already or whatever mm. is patience. But yeah. Patience. Well, I'm so, you can't do it right. Right now.
1: Patience it, is a virtue.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. hundred mm. percent. Um, all right, well let's, uh, deep dive just for a minute. Yeah. On your favorite things about Spokane. So let's just get started with places to eat. What's your favorite place to eat? And it, and an unbiased, this is Pete Taylor's, we don't, we don't, no one cares, but now yeah. we're interested. <laughs> oh
1: dude, I am so weird. I've gone through so many different like diets. I was fully vegan last year and then I got back into eating meat, but like, I'd have to say my go-to's when I'm not vegan are, uh, any of Chad White's restaurants, uh, TT's I love, uh, oh, yeah. Uno Mas, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Um, big shout out to Chad White. I love you, man. You're doing great. Um, oh, when he's, I'm, he's just downstairs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, when I'm vegan, I, I really enjoy going to root. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Root is pretty phenomenal. Um, I mean, there's just so many amazing restaurants here in, uh, in the also in the quarterline area, but yeah, I'm a big fan of TT's and Unamas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, fun fact. I did a video for Chad, for a food event here in town called crave Uh and um i noticed on his menu he had grasshopper spice Uh and it i'm just like okay that's odd seems i wonder if that came from pete and i mean obviously probably didn't but it just got me thinking and you wouldn't believe it there was i turn around to start shooting at the on the um on the line Uh and there's spiceology all over the yeah. place. so i think he's one of your first fans chad's a big supporter yeah
1: yeah uh yeah i've, I've had the opportunity to go to far off lands and experience cuisines with chad have some oh, crazy cool. story stories going down to mexico and yeah a lot of fun i've is only he's a, a great chef
0: we, yeah yeah we we should i'm gonna have to have You will chef Chad white on the podcast. I want to get his Navy story and how that transferred to being a restaurant. He's
1: a marketer and he's a good business person. So yeah.
0: Yeah. It's cool. Um, okay. Favorite all time spice.
1: Uh, so I'd have to, I'm looking at this from a different, a couple different angles. I'd have to say turmeric just because I love a lot of like curries and it's just sort of my favorite, like, cuisine yeah. but i also love the medicinal purpose uh the med- medicinal benefits of it yeah um it's starting to get old man like <laughs> my uh, my joints are hurting so i've been like eating a lot of turmeric and it helps out with inflammation
0: it does yep interesting
1: and yeah. it, it you know you, you can consume it in so many different ways like just having a golden chai latte or yeah having a curry or taking some turmeric pills but yeah i love
0: turmeric does spiceology have a turmeric um Blend? blend, yeah.
1: We've got uh curry madras, we've <laughs> got uh, we've got a quite a few of them actually. Okay, yeah,
0: I'm gonna be checking that out. Yep, yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, favorite all time spice blend from spiceology, uh,
1: definitely our beer can line. Um, we're go going back to doing hard things and being innovative, and we decided to do a line of beer infused seasonings. And we were going to pack them in actual beer cans or cans. Yeah. And we we dose it with li- liquid nitrogen. So when you open it up, it makes a little, you know, yeah. sound. So yeah, we did a line of uh, beer infused seasonings and uh, you should check it out. They're phenomenal blends. I love to cook with them all the time, but they're also a great gift.
0: Awesome. Speaking of gifts, mm-hmm. um, that's one of our favorite things to give for birthdays, Christmas presents, whatever, is yeah. yeah. to yeah. the cooks in our life. They appreciate
1: it. The one thing is everybody eats. I have yet to find, find a person that does not eat, right?
0: (laughs) Everyone eats. Everyone eats three times a day. Yes. That's why food is my favorite thing to market. (laughs) You get reached three times a day. Yep. It's not, it's not a trend. It's not a trend. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite coffee shop.
1: Uh, boots. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know, I know she just moved, but like, I, I absolutely love, um, the people and what they built.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Uh, all vegan. Yeah. Everything's vegan mm-hmm. and pumpkin waffles. Oh, the
1: pumpkin waffles. Oh my goodness. So good. So good.
0: <laughs> it's a staple. Yep. It really is. If you're to, if you're not a coffee drinker, you gotta go to Boots and get pumpkin waffles. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Amazing. Um, what's your favorite all-time activity in Spokane outside of eating? <laughs>
1: uh, uh actually climbing. I, I oh. like to boulder and I love going down to Wild Walls and, and just bouldering and, and climbing there. Um, and there's, there's quite a few spots in the area, but yeah, I, I like mountain climbing. That's awesome. Or rock climbing. Weren't you just on a trip to Nepal? Yeah. And- yeah. I like, I, that's why I, I said mountain climbing. I meant rock climbing, but yeah, I, I um, got into mountaineering Whoa. and done a couple expeditions. Uh, I just got back from Nepal, did a month long trip there where I tried to climb a, a peak right next to Everest. Oh, wow. And that was uh, a little bit crazy. I almost. Died, but uh,
0: made it back. Do you ever watch that documentary? Uh, Fourteen, 14 Peaks? Peaks. Yeah. Oh man, James Yeah, jinx. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, so good. He's, what an inspiration.
1: Yeah, he's he's an incredible human. Um, but yeah, that's that's my that's what I love to do. I'm actually going to go back uh, in October and uh, oh, cool. Make another attempt.
0: That's cool. I love it. Um, let's see. So, if you were going to start a business in Spokane or Coeur d'Alene. What's the first thing you would do to get it off on the right foot? Just putting my
1: my uh, entrepreneur hat on. I think you need you should consider building a business, a product, a service that is not necessarily limited to just your specific geographical location, for example, Spokane, Coeur d'Alene. Um, a good example of that is let's just say drew Henry. He's an entrepreneur here in Spokane. He created a uh, brand called revival tea and you you'll probably, you probably have seen it and mm-hmm. you'll continue to see it, but drew put it on online. So it doesn't matter where you live. You can buy it. It's on Amazon and he's, he's marketing it to coffee shops across the country And any, but he also has a brick and mortar location here. And he, I think he just opened up a new, um, Boba tea, uh, spot on, uh, downtown. Oh, so yeah, he's got like oh yeah a it's brick and mortar. Shop. Yep, he's got a brick and mortar, and then he also services all the local coffee and tea places here in Spokane, Coeur d'Alene, But like somebody in Wichita can order something, or Boston or Miami. Yeah. So I think just having that and not being totally reliant to your your local is a smart move.
0: Yeah, cool. Love yeah. that. That's excellent advice. Well. Before we close this down, is there anything like that you'd like to add? Anything anything you can think of that you'd like to let everyone that listens to this podcast know?
1: Uh like business perspective?
0: Bring it on, Pete. Uh, Whatever.
1: I yeah, like <laughs> since this is like you know, startup focus and building business, uh, I'd say top three lessons learned, uh, focus, focus, focus.
0: Boom. Yep. Like money.
1: Shiny objects are gonna be a bountiful and you're going to start getting opportunities to like be involved in other businesses or like add new product lines or whatever and you just need to focus on your top one, two, three things and and just don't let don't be sh- distracted. It's it's really hard to do and it takes a long time. So there's a lot of discipline in that. Uh probably the next biggest lesson learned is Hire, slow, fire, fast, like, oh yeah, yeah, I you know, I heard that a couple times over the last ten years and really never adopted it, um, until recently, and it's uh, it's just key, you know, yeah, just do your team is everything, you just mm-hmm. need to make sure that beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're bringing in the right people, and if they're not, like crap happens, yep. and um, just take care of it sooner than later, yeah. Um, and then probably number three is just persistence and patience. Like, just don't give up. Like, yes, there might be a a necessary pivot if things aren't working out, but that doesn't mean necessarily that you just give up. Right. And so like just using spiceology or even Midas, there's so many roadblocks, so Mm -hmm. many curves that are thrown at you and you just have to have that confidence and, um, desire and passion to persevere through it and just not give up
0: well said yeah yeah um back to your second one higher, fast fire slow mm-hmm. um we put i the hardest i've ever worked on my business is developing culture mm-hmm. and it has been the best thing that's ever happened to our business it's super cool yeah um it retains clients or, or retains it, it retains employees yeah well it retains clients it does. absolutely yeah Matter of fact, when we, when we do an onboarding, the first thing a client sees is our culture.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They see our team and then they see our culture. It's very cool. Massive. i giving away the farm here, but yeah. massively beneficial. It helps my team know who they're working with uh-huh. alongside with who we're working with, working with our team. Yep. Super cool. No, but
1: I culture is, is it's very, very, very important to the organization and happy employee happiness
0: would you would you say uh would you hire for their skill or for their for their fit to the culture (laughs) that's (laughs) That's a a hard hard question question. yeah
1: that's a really hard question i think me personally i'm more geared towards bringing on individuals that fit into the culture versus their skill i think skills can be learned adopted to a certain extent that's true um but if you're not a a good cultural fit to the organization, like it's usually a lot harder to, you you can have just jerks that are amazing, uh, amazingly talented and experienced, but they just, it creates toxicity. And so, yeah, just hire good people. Yeah. Good hearts.
0: Yeah. um, the whole process of hiring for us is very lengthy. I feel like, but Mm -hmm. it's fine. People that, pass the test or on the team no that's great know. I yeah, it's a necessity bill. well I think that about does it um, how can people find Pete Taylor Midas how would you well let's start
1: spiceology spiceology yeah, spiceologycom you can also find us on Amazon uh, we just got into Costco regionally I think we're st- we still have products in there they did a test but we're, we're going uh, we're gonna to continue to be in there I think our next uh, plug is April
0: Wow congrats on that.
1: Yeah, no, that they did a great job. Um, and it, it performed very well. Thank you. Um, Northwest for, <laughs> for that. Um, so there's obviously a lot of stores that you can find us at, um, in the Spokane Coeur area. Um, and with Midas, uh, you know, the, we're, we're sort of in stealth mode. We're, we're not really being very open on who we are, what we do. Totally get it. Um, but with our first brand that we deployed, Oath Oats, go to Oats.com. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a super, super tasty products. I am a big fan of Oats. Um, all the like benefits for heart health and just the nutritional aspect of it. But, um, yeah, check us out on Oath Oats. And then me personally, like I'm on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, feel free to connect with me. I love talking to entrepreneurs and, and, And uh that's a fact. (laughs) Yeah, I do. You you've you've seen it, yeah. So just hit me up on LinkedIn, uh Pete Taylor. And I think my actual like handle is spicologist Pete. Okay. So
0: we'll we'll be putting all the links you just mentioned on our um socials and on uh anything that we post this podcast to. I appreciate that. No problem. Well, so we are uh totally open to Having you, the listener, request topics or interviews or ask questions we can answer. We'll bring on the guests that can get it done. Send an email to podcast at btsnw.com. If you're interested in sharing your business story, please, oh, please visit our website at btsnw.com and let us know or reach out to us at podcast at btsnw.com. You can find us on all the socials, our website, et cetera, et cetera. Don't miss a minute we'll see you next round. Thank you, Doyle. Hey, thanks for being here, Pete. Really appreciate it. Of course.